The Dual Threat Show is brought to you by Fresh Hands Hand Sanitizer. In the face of our current health crisis, Fresh Hands wanted to contribute in a meaningful and useful way. They have partnered with high-quality manufacturers in the United States to deliver the highest quality product at an affordable price, and it's always made right here in the USA. Their sanitizer gel and spray cleans and is soft to the skin because sensitive skin shouldn't be something you have to worry about right now. Stay fresh and clean with Fresh Hands. Please visit Fresh Hands, that's F-R-S-H Hands, Dot com and find them at Walmart and Amazon. Welcome in to the Dual Thread Show, Paige Demacos, JC Cornell, Hype Train, behind the producer, Mike. We are in to talk about the Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers facing off against each other. Very excited for this week's matchup because not only, not only can I be Team Bucks this week, but I can be like extra Team Bucks this week. If the Buccaneers can take care of business, What's good for you is good for me. And I'm all in on the Bucks this week against Green Bay. Some, some good pieces of news for the Buccaneers uh, coming into the podcast right ahead. We get news. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Scotty Miller, all off the injury report, all a go against Green Bay. On the other side of the football, Devontae Adams will come back and play in this game. After tweeting and starting shenanigans with his head coach, Matt LaFleur, Devontae Adams is back. So, there's going to be plenty of star power in this game, JC. I want to know, what are your three keys to victory this week if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to take care of the Green Bay Packers? Wow, I like this. We're coming out hot, straight with the keys. Okay. Yeah. First key of the game, we need to play a disciplined game. We need to limit those penalties because those penalties have killed us. Uh, second key, I think Chris Godwin needs to have a big game, establish himself back in the slot. And as the main piece of this offense, I think that's the reality is – Chris Godwin makes this offense go and I'm, I'm not going to say he's the best player on the offense because I think that's Mike Evans but he really is the most critical piece to make that offense effective and my last key is avoid getting beat deep because the the Bucks secondary they might be very talented but they have given up some some deep touchdowns this year and you know Rodgers can sling that thing so that's something I'm going to be looking out for especially with Carlton Davis on the injury report so Yeah, I think those are all very crucial. I love the point about Chris Godwin. Uh, This podcast is very much Team Mike Evans, right? Like, love Evans. Evans is top of the list, a friend of the pod. But Chris Godwin is such an explosive asset to this offense, right? And he's such a – he's a physical freak – he he come somehow has flown under the radar. This is Jamie Eisner of the TDM Fantasy Podcast. He loves Chris Godwin. Like he is like the biggest Chris Godwin fan and has been for a very long time. And now the fantasy community caught up to him last season, obviously, and this year. But that's such a crucial piece for this team. And really, JC, we haven't seen healthy Mike Evans with healthy Chris Godwin with healthy Scotty Miller yet this year. So that you have to be excited about what this what this game can be, especially against a Green Bay Packers defense, JC, that is nothing to be afraid of. Exactly. And not only that, we have Fournette coming back healthy as well to complement Rojo. And, you know, Rojo's looking like a top 10 back this year. And I, I honestly think, you know, the Bucks sitting at three and two, this, this almost has a playoff game kind of feel to it. Because if you win this game, you're beating arguably the best team in the NFL right now. You go to four and two and things are looking bright. If you lose this game, we're going to three and three and we have a very tough matchup next week in Las Vegas. So, I mean, this, I'm not saying this is a make or break whatsoever, but this is a huge momentum game for the Buccaneers. It's, it's going to tell, you know, a, a tale going forward, how this team's going to play. Yeah. It's a gut check for this football team. I think when you're, when you're at home, if you are a Super Bowl contender, right, which they are, and they fancy themselves that way, 
when you have your full slate of weapons, or at least most of them, right, you're always going to have injuries and they've suffered, you know, obviously Vita Vea for the season and, and OJ Howard's injury, but they have their critical pieces back offensively. This is an opportunity for this offense to click at the highest level, right? They're at home. They've had extra time to prepare since they played on a Thursday night for Green Bay and this, def- and this team. But I think the other side of the football, right, on defense – This is going to be their toughest test yet, right? This is Aaron Rodgers. He's playing at an MVP level right now. I have said multiple times, and we've said earlier on in this podcast, he's on the FU tour, right? They drafted Jordan Love. It pissed him the hell off. And now he's here to remind everybody, I'm tired of hearing about everybody else. So what what are you looking at on defense specifically going into this game? Because this is a really tough matchup against Aaron Rodgers, and I think not beating themselves is probably the biggest thing they need to do. Yeah, I really think it comes down to, obviously, the loss of Vita Vea and Nacho stepping in. And, you know, the coaches all have confidence in Nacho. He's, he's, he, he would be a starter in this league if it wasn't for Vita Vea. Like, he, he's a valuable guy. He's a valuable nose tackle. And we just want to see how the defense responds, how the pass rush is. And, and we heard Devin White say earlier this week, he asked Todd Bowles to unleash me. And that's, you know, that's a scary thing. That guy, unleash that guy. And, uh, you know, that's dangerous. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to hear that. You know, we don't want to hear that. My God, that's scary. So we'll see. We're, we're hoping for the best. We hope that defense uh, has a huge performance. By the way, while we're on this, you know, Bucks Packers, Aaron Rodgers, FU tour talk, can we talk about a new FU? FU tour that might be starting for Tom Brady. Jamal Williams on the on this Wisconsin radio show comes out and starts making fun of Tom Brady for the holding up the four fingers. You know, you know, as we, we talked about it with Chris on on the reaction pod, how people are gonna say he has Alzheimer's, things like that, saying Aaron Rodgers, my goat, would never do such a thing. Blah, blah, blah. So sure enough, there's a picture that's floating around the internet from Buccaneers practice today of Tom Brady with four fingers up at practice with Bruce Arians looking like he's mocking it. He's mocking himself. That guy's doing self-deprecating humor. Tom Brady is doing self-deprecating humor. This is not a good look for the Packers. RIP Packers, we're going to bury you. And by the way, that radio show that Jamal Williams was on, I will be doing the pregame show Sunday on that radio. I'm all in. I'm, I'm all in for this. Um, I, I, I don't know when people will learn, right? Like, I understand what happened with Tom Brady was, was a bad look, right? And, and I understand all that. The reality is for all of you Green Bay fans, right? And I'm, this is, listen, I understand that I'm biased against you, but the facts are the facts. One, two, three, four, five, six Super Bowls, one Super Bowl for Aaron Rodgers. You're not in the vicinity. Don't even, I, I don't, I do not care. Please do not come at me with your Aaron Rodgers goat BS. He's an unbelievable football player. He's up in the top five of most talented as far as strictly talent level. He is not in the conversation with Tom Brady. It's not, it's not a conversation to have. He's played in the same amount of Super Bowls as Rex Grossman. Rex Grossman, the Chicago Bears freaking quarterback. He's played in one freaking Super Bowl. And oh, by the way, the Bears should have beat you in that NFC championship game. So go away. Literally, it's so incredible to me that Green Bay fans think he's the GOAT. He's not. He's not. I got hype train. Page, I got train. Cue the Darth Vader music. Oh, Oh, my God. Look at him. We are so insane now. 
Jamal Williams, new enemy of the pod. Oh my God, the, the chemistry on this podcast. Chris, you're, you know, you know, you know us, you get it. Jamal Williams, top of the freaking list, bro. Top of the list. You have just elevated yourself to almost Mount Rushmore status. You better be careful. You better be careful. You're going to end up on a shirt. You're going to end up on a shirt. You're going to end up on a t-shirt. t-shirt in Tampa, dude. And, and a lot of people in Chicago, man. I'm going to tell you, this show is going to come all the way back to Chicago. Like everybody's going to go from one side to the other side very quickly here. Because listen, you not underestimate Tom Brady. I, I do not understand how this happens. I truly, it perplexes me. It, it does. I, I don't, I appreciate it though, because thank you, Jamal Williams. The, I am here for the FU tour that Tom Brady will go on. Because I do think that's what you're going to see. I truly believe that. I do think you're going to see that. I think he is all about the receipts and everything that people say about him. And as I've said, jokingly, but I think it's real. Giselle has a bulletin board, guys. I am down after. It is going to happen, okay? I am going to find this bulletin board. It is, I'm going to have pictures of it. Giselle, Giselle and I are going to become friends when I come to Tampa next month. We're going to be besties. And she's going to show me the bulletin board, and I'm going to show you guys was, the material. I was just going to say, congratulations, Jamal Williams. Giselle is officially doing Brazilian voodoo on you, bro. So good luck. Congratulations. Good luck. Brazilian voodoo, and you have made, you have officially made the bulletin board. We are going to make a bulletin board. I have one in the house here, and we're going to start printing off things that are happening and just keeping track, man. It's not very smart of you, Jamal Williams. I don't, I'm glad you brought this up, JC, because we could not have a podcast without adding to the enemies of the pod, right? It's just, it wouldn't be us if we didn't actually add somebody. So look at that. Organically, Chris comes in hot with the music, and obviously, Jamal Williams being added to the list. All right, guys, let's talk about JC's best bet, right? Let's talk about JC's bets this week. Uh, Chris, you get to give him uh, the five picks that he's going to go up against all of the members in the Discord uh, who are competing in BJC. So, Chris, go ahead. Take it away. Thank you very much. And uh, this week, everybody, JC's picking all of the games. So, we're going to go through all of them. I'm going to start with the five that are for Beat JC. So, if you're taking notes while you're listening to the podcast about what games you got to do research on, these are the five. Now, I will mind you that the the lines are being a little weird this week. There's been late COVID outbreaks in certain places. Some betting sites have gone offline for a little bit. So, these numbers are as accurate as I can make them at this juncture when we're recording the podcast. So, JC, game number one for you here. The Steelers minus three and a half against the Browns. I am taking the Brownies plus three and a half. Love it. Listen, listen, let me, let me just tell you something about this game. All right, Baker Mayfield, we know Baker Mayfield. I just want to tell you that any franchise, I mean any franchise, the Cleveland Browns, you can be a successful football team if you have a dominant pass rush. Yeah. There is. And, and they, they've been very good at totally it this agree. season so far. Game number two, the Ravens minus nine against the Eagles. Mm. Let me go. Uh, wow, that moved on me. I'll take Ravens minus nine. 
did move. It was at minus eight for most of the day yesterday and today. It has now moved to nine. Game number three, JC, the Colts minus eight against the Bengals. This one came off the board earlier today because of the, and we're recording this on Friday, due to the COVID tests that were positive that came back to be false negative. So this was Colts minus eight when I last saw it. Oh, man. So I'm taking Colts minus eight. That was a tough one for me because you got to love cheering for Joe Burrow. I just don't think the offensive line is going to do him any favors. I'm going to take the Colts minus eight. No backdoor Burrow this week for JC. Game number four, the New York Giants minus two and a half against the Washington football team. My Achilles heel, the New York Giants. I am riding with the Giants minus two and a half this week. And then we'll sneak in a little Monday night game for everybody since there's two this week. Chiefs minus five against the Bills. This was supposed to be the Thursday night game this week. Moved to the second Monday night game. Love. Love two Monday nights. They need to do this moving forward, right? Get rid of Thursday. Give me two Monday nights. That's the the plan here. Please and and thank you. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus five. Okay, so there you have it. Those are the five games for BJC. They will go up in the Discord the moment that the podcast gets dropped. And if you're thinking, hey, Chris, hey, Hype Train, where's the Discord at? Don't you worry. I put a Discord link for you all to join when the podcast goes up. You can join. Still plenty of time to BJC. Uh, I think the, the leader right now has 11 points, and the maximum you can get in a week is six. So plenty of room to make some movements here to try to beat JC. Now, JC, I'll go through the rest of the games with you here. Hopefully I don't double up and say a game that we already mentioned. Uh, but the Titans minus three and a half against the Texans. Taking Titans minus three and a half. The uh, Miami Dolphins minus nine and a half against the Jets. We can just skip this one if you want. I'm going to take the Dolphins minus nine and a half. The Jets are tanking, according to Pat McAfee's sources there. They are all in for Trevor Lawrence. Please, please bring me Trevor Lawrence. It's the only saving grace I have. The Vikings minus four against the Falcons. I'm taking Vikings minus four. This game has be, is moved from minus three to a pick em, and I've now seen it at one in a lot of places, but I'm seeing it right now as minus one, Panthers minus one against the Bears. I'm taking Carolina minus one. I like what Matt Rule's doing. I like, I like the offensive coordinator there from LSU. I think they're looking good. Lions minus three and a half against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm taking the Lions minus three and a half. We, uh, we did Browns-Steelers. We did Bengals-Colts. We did Ravens-Eagles. Patriots minus nine against the Broncos. I'm going to take uh, Patriots minus nine. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of COVID implications there. I think the Patriots do take care of business. And then I think I know what your pick is going to be for this one, but the Packers <laughs> minus one against the Bucks. I have the, the Bucks plus one. Taking the, riding with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady on an FU tour. The L.A. Rams minus three and a half against the 49ers. I'm taking Rams minus three and a half. And then the last game of the week, the secondary Monday night game, and unfortunate because this was going to be a pretty good matchup and it now has become secondary to Chiefs-Bills. The Cardinals minus one and a half against the Cowboys. So listen, you know I love Kyler Murray, and he's playing in his hometown in Dallas, but I don't know. I have this sneaky feeling that the Cowboys are going to rally, play good, and get that win. I think Andy Dalton... He comes in. That guy is a starting quarterback in this league. The red rifle, baby. The red rifle. And speaking of hometowns, this is Andy Dalton's hometown too. So I think Dalton comes in there with the Cowboys and he wins that game. I'm all in. The red rifle. He's he's, he's going to play a great game. Oh, that's right. You you do need to make your lock for beat JC. Which one of the five games that I gave earlier is your lock? I'm going to take Browns plus, was it three and a half? Yeah, plus three and a half. That's your lock. That'll be my lock of the week. And then wow. for my double lock of the week, I'm going to take double Carolina lock. minus one. That is not one. a thing. 
Double lock is not a thing for the BJC. And then he goes double Carolina. lock and he goes after Paige. Oh. I love it. Never mind. Wow. The double lock's back. Carolina yeah. over Chicago. Can't wait Chicago for the Bears going to win. Seven and nine, baby. Can't wait for the Bears to win this football game. It's truly going to be incredible. Uh, makes me feel good that the line started at Carolina minus three, and then all the smart people in Vegas started to hammer the line, and it's come back down to reality. So, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about this one, guys. Not afraid of that, uh, that Carolina football team. Paige, how about we embarrass JC a little bit with some fact or fiction to close out this point? Yes, although me and JC are a team against you in this one, so I'm here to embarrass you. Okay, actually. you feel fine. You want to embarrass me? That's fine. Yeah, uh, see how I flipped the script on yeah. you there, Chris? Love it. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, so we have three uh, pieces of information I'm going to give you. You guys have to tell me fact or fiction. And mm. uh, as always, they're normally themed to not only the Bucks, but the team that they're playing in a given week. Uh, so we're going to start with this one. Fact or fiction, Aaron Rodgers has the most regular season wins of his career in the month of October. So if you break down his regular season wins by month, October is the month in which he has the most wins. Fact or fiction? Our intern behind the scene is shaking his head saying, no, I also agree with him. I have watched Aaron Rodgers' career for a very long time. I think, I think it's later in the season. I think he, he would be more a November guy. So I'm going, I'm going false on this one. Fiction. I am going false as well. I definitely see Rodgers as a November, December kind of guy. It is October. He has 34 wins in the month of October. His next best month is December, in which he has 31 wins. Mm. Uh, that also does include probably some postseason games as well. Uh, but he, he, Two reasons why Aaron Rodgers isn't the GOAT. Yep. Wow, okay, taking shots at Aaron Rodgers. He's got 30 wins in September, and Paige, the month that you were so excited about, he actually has a below 500 record in the month of November. He's 21 and 23. You, you want to know why that is? Because the Scorpio on the podcast, I give him all the bad juju in my month of my, my birth. It's, it's yeah. bad for him. He's, he suffers in, in Chicago, especially at Soldier Field in November. It's all right, so you guys are all for one. So that's one for the hype train, zero for the, uh, the crew. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Number Move two, along. fact or fiction, the last time the Packers started a season 5-0, and oh, which is what they would do if they win on Sunday, was in 2010 when they won the Super Bowl. Fact or fiction? Yeah, that's fiction. JC. Yeah, that's a total bait question by Chris. That's fiction. Let me just let me just give you guys. There we yeah. go. Very good. So the last time they started, does anybody want to take a guess? The last time they started five and zero. Yeah, Henry already put it in the chat. Two thousand eleven. Hey, hey, Henry. Get to stepping. You're wrong. Okay. Don't try to don't try to mess with the hype train. It's 2015 that they started five and zero, and then they actually started that year six and zero, and they and they only finished the season ten and six. Okay, Henry. Nice try. That's two for the hype train because Henry thought he was smart. Okay. Number three. Fact or fiction? The last time these two teams played in Green Bay. So again, the last time these two teams played in Green Bay, the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't throw an interception. I mean, I didn't tell you who the quarterback was, and I didn't tell you when the last time they played in Green Bay was. So this is now you got to think a little bit here. There's no chance if it was Jameis Winston, Josh Freeman, (laughs) or Mike Glennon that they didn't throw a pick in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So I'm going to – yeah, I mean. I'm I'm with you. I'm just riding with JC on this one based off that logic. 
So I knew you guys were both going to do this because you had the same logic I had when I was doing the research. Enemy of the pod, Jameis Winston. So so Jameis Winston, and I believe I need to pull up the game, but it was in 2017 when they went there and lost. He threw for two touchdowns, but didn't throw an interception in the game. Now, the last time before that, that they played in Green Bay, Josh Freeman served up two interceptions for you. Yeah, that sounds about right. Bucked the trend a little bit in one game and didn't have any interceptions. They lost that game, by the way. I believe they lost it in overtime, 26-20. But he did not throw an interception in that football game. So uh, that's a a clean sweep for me on today's show. Hopefully Jameis one of one does. Uh, No, we got the second question right. Henry ruined it for you. Henry Henry thought he was smart. Henry's an intern, okay? Let's let's relax here, okay? You did not get to try and pull that one over us like you made a clean sweep. That is not correct. JC and I got number two, right? And you, you know, it's hard for me to believe that there was ever a game in which Jameis Winston didn't throw an interception. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I just, I just chalk up that he at least threw two picks in every game that he ever played in. That's like, basically what I just, this is like the definition of Jameis Winston's career, right? The yes. most like bipolar quarterback of all time, Jameis Winston, who is notorious for his interceptions goes to green Bay, Wisconsin and does not throw and has a clean game. Makes, makes no sense. Unreal. No, it's. I refuse. I think that stats made up. I think Chris made it up. I'm gonna go look it up. I think he lied. I think. I think you. I think you lied. I refuse to believe that there are any. St- I think it. It was either you or the Jameis stands who changed it behind the scenes on us. It might have been the Jameis stands, enemies of the pod. They might have gone and tried to change those statistics. But I refuse to believe that Jameis didn't throw any interceptions. Send you the box score. Don't worry. Wow. Still, still, as I said, Jameis stands. Probably them. Uh, all right, guys. End of the pod. JC has already uh, he has already picked the Buccaneers to win this football game. Uh, Chris, curiosity, who are you picking to win this game? Uh, unfortunately, I'm picking the team that I believe is the best team in football right now. I'm taking the Green Bay Packers to win this football game. Wow, that's unfortunate that you just became an enemy of the podcast, Chris. It's crazy how that just happened so quickly. And it's crazy how I don't have the music for the enemies of the pod. Crazy how it just phone's not Henry, working. Sorry. Henry, give me a thumbs up if you're good on the mic. I uh, got it. Okay, cool. He gave a thumbs up. Oh, God. Uh, listen here, Chris. Um, it's unfortunate for you that, that you, chose, you chose this. You also chose wrong. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are not going to win this football game because they're not the best team in football. Aaron Rodgers has played like the best top, top three quarterback in the NFL. He's deserving of that right now. He's played like that. But this defense is not good. Tom Brady is going to expose this team, and they're not playing in Green Bay. So it's, it's, it's going to be a Tampa Bay victory. Uh, that's, that's the way that this, that this one's going to go down on Sunday. But if you are a Packer fan or you are a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan and you want to stick around, we are having Peter Bukowski on the show of Locked On Packers to break down what is going to happen in the Green Bay uh, versus Tampa Bay game. And I'm curious, I'm guessing he's going to pick the old Green Bay Packers, but you guys are going to have to stay tuned. So enjoy the interview. A few moments later. Are we recording? Yes, I'm recording. I'm rolling on this. Go ahead. Correction, Jameis Winston had two turnovers. Did either of those fumbles go back for a touchdown? Do you find that out? So I I will tell you that he lost two fumbles. He he fumbled the ball twice in that game, only lost one of them. Okay, so he, he had a turnover. So don't make me, don't have me out here like praising Jameis having his clean games in Wisconsin looking like a complete asshole. The All question right. was, the yeah. last time and these two teams played in Green Bay. A man through the pod, Chris. 
You messed up. You made no, us think. Let me re- can I read you the question? Think that Jameis Winston had a clean football That's game not at what Lambeau the question Field. Was. The question was, the last time these two teams played in Green Bay, the quarterback for the Bucks didn't throw an interception. Was that true or not? Do you know how many haters were already drafting up tweets and then this came on? And they're like, crap. Thank God. We had to add this amendment to the pod, Chris. Amendment to the pod, and we are not going to talk to Peter Bukowski about it. We are not. All right, everybody. As promised, we brought in a guest to talk about the enemy of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. He's the enemy of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he's also the enemy of my football team at all moments of time, but very good friend. We find, we find commonalities. I wish the rest of the country would find a way to come together like this Green Bay and Chicago people do all the time. That is the host of the Locked On Packers podcast, the number one podcast for Packer fans. Okay, I don't listen to anything else because mostly I can't tolerate any Green Bay talk, but I can tolerate... Peter Bukowski, because he's phenomenal at his job. So, Pete, welcome to the show. Happy to have you. Uh, I had to talk you up, but also bring you down, because you know that's, that's how this relationship is, right? Life is about balance, Paige, right? I mean, it's all about yes. just finding that balance. So I, I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Uh, and uh, look, it's going to be a, a great game this weekend, so I'm excited to talk about it. I am very excited about this football game. As somebody who uh, looks at this football game totally objectively and goes, I just want to see star power, right? And I'm very happy we're getting Devontae Adams. I'm very happy that we are going to get Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Scotty Miller on that side of the football. Like, I want the full arsenal, or at least as much as possible in this matchup. So, We'll get to Aaron Rodgers because that's obviously the big, the big aspect of this football team and this whole year, obviously, at a start. But let's talk about defense first and, and, and Green Bay and what they're going to have to do in this matchup against a you know, full arsenal of weapons in, in Tampa Bay. The problem is we don't know what it's going to look like. Because we haven't seen it. We haven't seen Chris Godwin on the field. We haven't seen Mike Evans 100%. I don't think we're going to see Mike Evans at 100% this weekend. Uh, I went back and watched the Thursday game uh, and thought Mike Evans is playing at 65 70%. And he just like couldn't run. And for, for someone who's 6'5", 235, speed is low-key a big part of his game because mm. his ability to get down the field at that size is what makes him an absolute monster, right? So we just don't know what it's going to look like. And especially if you're a Packers fan, your, your hope is that it can't coalesce this quickly. And it's taken this long to get here for the Patriots, excuse me, the Buccaneers. I've made that mistake so many times this week, Paige, calling them because I, you just think Tom Brady is yes. the Patriot. That's yes. just, it's in your brain. I, I get the Chargers and the Raiders names right, but I can't internalize that Tom Brady plays for the Buccaneers. I can't do it. But so I, it, it, we haven't seen it. So I don't know how Mike Patton is going to prepare for it. And frankly, I don't know how the Buccaneers are going to prepare for it because Tom Brady is the kind of guy who wants to wrap it out. He wants you to know exactly where he wants you to be on every play at every second. And if that's not there, that timing, I have a hard time believing the timing is going to be there right away. Yeah, and it's a fair evaluation. I think at this point, you want to see if you're a Bucks fan, obviously you're looking at just getting even just Chris Godwin and Mike Evans in a nice flow of being out there at the same time right. and, and how that distribution is going to happen from Tom Brady. You've seen him start to build chemistry with certain guys in certain games, but it hasn't really happened 
across the board, like you're saying, yeah. right? Because it hasn't happened while they're all out there and they're all healthy. But this is a tough task, obviously, for Mike Pettin and, and that defense. So I'll be interested to see how that goes. On the other side of the football, right? The big storyline, the, the FU tour is what I'm calling it, right? The, the Aaron Rodgers FU tour, the I'm here to remind you, I am a top quarterback in the NFL. Are you surprised to see this version of Aaron at all? Um, because there were definitely Packer fans that I saw and, and media members, national media members, kind of saying, okay, is this Aaron still there? Um, and, oh, trust me, he has the receipts, and he knows who all of you are. Uh, and he is very petty and is here to remind all of you of that. Yeah, you know, what's interesting, um, I wouldn't say I'm one of those people. I, I, the, the Packer fans that follow me, they are all put into one of two buckets, either the ones that call me an Aaron Rodgers apologist and the ones that think I criticize him incessantly. So to me, I feel like that means I found the right balance of, you know, making sure that we're being honest in our evaluations here. But I went back and, and studied two aspects of this team last year, deep throws and the play-action game. And a lot of the play-action games in this offense are deep throws. The number one reason those things were not even at league average last year were Aaron Rodgers, whether it was inaccurate throws or it was timing or it was reads. He was the number one driver of those failings. So in some ways, the simple answer is just Aaron Rodgers decided he's sick of playing that way. And he got a little bit, he, he claims he, a lot of leg day in the off season, got the lower body a little bit stronger that gave him a little bit more stability. And he's able to throw with a little bit more velocity and a little bit more, um, you know, stability into the ground, which is a really important thing. Drew Brees went on a media tour about this and it hasn't helped his arm one iota apparently, but I didn't think this was possible. And I, I think, when you look at the numbers, I mean, Kevin Clark wrote this great piece for the ringer where he talked to Brian Gutekinson in the, in the lead graph, he talked about all of the records this team is setting. No one has ever scored this many points and not had turnovers uh, through four games. It's never happened. And in terms of points per drive, they're sco scoring more points per drive than any team in modern NFL history, more than the 07 Patriots, more than the 2011 Packers, more than the 13 Broncos. Some of the best offenses ever, they are better than those teams. No one could have predicted that was the deal. Even, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time on my show talking about the year two jump and you go look at the, the 16 Falcons as the, they're the, they're the sort of paragon of, of perfection on this one. I, I may be redundant. I didn't think they could be all-time great. Matt, right? Matt Ryan, MVP, Aaron Rodgers, you know, playing that role. I didn't think they could get there. I thought they could be better. I didn't think they could get here. And what's crazy, Paige, is they're here with some missed opportunities. Fourth and goal against the Falcons. They don't get in. I mean, there are points on the board that they've kind of left on the board. They could be even better. That's the scary thing about this offense. I think the most impressive part of this, and it's like, honestly, it pains me to say, right? Like, I feel <laughs> ill as I'm saying these nice things about Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. But I think the craziest part to me is, Devontae Adams hasn't been healthy, right, this whole time. Um, the weapons are not there. Like, aside from Devontae, you're not looking like, trust me, Aaron Rodgers would love to have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Like, that would be a phenomenal pairing that he would like to be throwing to. And this is, I think, the most impressive part of what I've seen so far is him really involving all these random pieces to the puzzle 
it, it, Fulham, I mean, all these like random guys, right, that you're talking about, that you're going, okay, let's get all these pieces to make things work for this football team. But is that just, is this just all on Raj? Like, is this all Aaron? Because I'm looking at this and I'm going, is it the scheme? Like, is this Matt LaFleur in year two in tandem with Aaron Rodgers? Or do we deserve to give all the credit to Aaron Rodgers? I think we, unfortunately, uh, Matt LaFleur did not get the credit he deserved last year for the job he did with the Packers because we think back to 2018, they fired a Super Bowl winning head coach in the middle of the year. That's how bad the 2018 season had gone. They had lost to the worst team in football, the Cardinals, a team you know well, Paige. Yeah. And they lost to Josh Rosen, who is barely employed in the NFL now. And Matt LaFleur took that team to a 13-3 and team. And Aaron Rodgers, we cannot mince words on this, was not good in 2018. Not, not, not good by Aaron Rodgers' standards. Like an average-level quarterback in 2018. Whatever the numbers say, he did not play particularly well. Matt LaFleur has come in and given him an opportunity to do all the things that he does well, the pre-snap stuff, the improv stuff. But what he's done is said, we're going to create all the best parts of the Shanahan tree offense with the gimme throws, the run game, the pre-snap motion, the play action. And we're going to create these opportunities that you didn't have before. So it's defined reads. It's okay. We're going to run mesh and we're going to get this crossing guy open. And that's it. That's the play. It, it requires you to do much less work. And that's, that's freed him up to where now when he needs to make the play, you remember the, the week one throw to Devontae Adams, he escapes the pocket and makes an unbelievable throw. That's one play. He hasn't had to make those off schedule throws. And the point that, that I'll, the play that I'll point to um, is on Monday night, it's fourth and two. They run a, fake mesh variation where <laughs> they exactly the Falcons are expecting Malik Taylor. Do you guys know who Malik Taylor is? <laughs> I, I barely know who Malik Taylor is. And it's a fake crossing route. They expect the Falcons to pass it off, which they did. Malik Taylor busts back outside. He's wide open and it's a 20 yard game on fourth down. Yeah. The call is to a guy who no one outside of 1265 Lombardi has ever heard of. And what's, you know what's funny? The guy who's blown up for the, the Eagles right now, Travis Fulham, was on this team, and they yeah. cut him. Yeah. And he could be on this team. And, and so, like – He probably should be on this team. Well, I mean, that's, what, that's what's crazy is they're doing it with these disparate parts. They put up 30 points without Devontae Adams, without Alan Lazard. I mean, what they're doing schematically, Matt LaFleur has gone to another level. And I hope – he's going to get the credit this year he deserves. And I hope it's not overshadowed by Aaron Rodgers' greatness because they're both important to point out here. I have been waiting as a fantasy football aficionado for, for Green Bay to actually utilize Aaron Jones to the best of his abilities, right? And you finally saw it last year. Yeah. Like, you finally saw it. And everybody in the fantasy community was like, no, regression, regression. He's not going to be that guy. And our whole, we were like, no. No, and I was like, no chance. I'm telling you, I don't want to say these nice things, but like Aaron Jones is that dude, right? Is he, I know he's the secondary Aaron here, right? But is this the guy that the Tampa Bay Bucks defense, right? Who is traditionally so good against the run. Is this the guy that's going to be the crucial point in this matchup? Because I do look to Jones and go, okay, 
a lot is going to be put on you, and I think he can handle it, but this is this Bucks defense is no joke against – I mean, they've shut down Kamara, McCaffrey, I mean, the best of the best. So is this kind of one of your keys as you're watching um, in this matchup? It has to be because you have to make the Packers play left-handed, and they want to stay balanced. They want to stay on schedule. Their, their average yard per carry on first down is over six yards. I mean, think of how easy it is to stay on schedule if you can run the ball for six yards on first down. And no, the, the, the Minnesota Vikings said, Aaron, Aaron Jones, you're not going to beat us. So they loaded the box. They played single high safety. And what did Aaron Rodgers do? Pick them apart. So the, the Detroit Lions said, all right, bet. We're going to play, play two deep safeties. We're going to rush three, rush four. What did they do? Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams mashed them. It is so hard to play this team because whatever you try and take away, they have an answer for. So I don't think if you're Tampa Bay, you say, okay, we're going to play single high and stop Aaron Jones and think that we're going to slow down Aaron Rodgers. Not with Devontae Adams back, you're not. And not with the way that this team is able to use its running backs. I mean, they hit two cover two whole shots to running backs last yeah. week. You don't, you might, an offense might not hit one in a year. They hit two in a game to two different running backs. So that's, again, speaks to the Matt LaFleur part of this. But if you're the Buccaneers, you cannot let them get Aaron Jones going because if they do, it's just over because with the play action and everything else that they do creatively, if you can't stop the run, you just have no shot to beat this team. Now, as you said, the Bucs are one of the best run defenses in football. I'm anxious to see how Vita Vea's injury impacts that, but Levante David is still amazing. Um, and they're still able with Todd Bowles, who I have the utmost respect for. I love Todd Bowles. Um, he's going to be able to create run blitzes. I think he's going to be able to scheme up free rushers. So there's going to be a cat and mouse game pre-snap with, with what they do there. I can't wait to see how Todd Bowles decides to attack this, this Packers offense to decide how to make them play left-handed because if they don't shut something down, they're just not going to be able to stop this team. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough task for Todd Bowles on defense. I think this is the one thing that I look at and go, okay, we're going to know pretty quickly um, how the tone is set. That statistic that they are starting off on first down with six yards is insanity, right? <laughs> like, that's nuts. Like, that's a cheat code. Like, that's how you get to run. You're not being forced to do anything you don't want to do, right? You're, you're running everything on script, and they, this is what this defense has to do to make sure that they can win. Um, as a Buccaneers team. I will get you out of here with this since this is Bucks podcast and they're going to want to know from the enemy, right? As you're preparing for this game, what is the thing that scares you most? Like if you're like, okay, the Buccaneers are going to win this football game. How is that going to happen? How do you see that playing out um, for, for Bucks fans as the best case scenario for them to get a victory here? I mean, their, their offense just has to be what it was in the second half against the Chargers. Um, you need to get Scotty Miller involved you know, Kevin King, we don't know if he's going to play. He's questionable. He did practice on Friday, which is good news for, for Green Bay, but he didn't practice the rest of the week um, dealing with a, a leg injury that we're not quite sure exactly what it is. Um, but Green Bay has said, we're, gonna, we're not going to let anything over the top. We're going to let you complete passes underneath. We're going to rally the ball and we're going to tackle. Okay, that works. Great. What if all of a sudden they can't tackle anybody? Or what if all of a sudden balls are over their head and Mike Evans, even in really good coverage, he's 6'5". Jerry Alexander is 5'10 and a half in heels. And so then, you know, what do you do there? Um, Chris Godwin uh, in the slot against Chandon Sullivan. Sullivan's been outstanding, 
but you know, Chris Godwin was one of the best receivers in football last year. So how do they account for that? I mean, I think there's certainly a, a playbook here where the Bucks offense with Tom Brady and these receivers just sort of goes ham. On the other hand, Kenny Clark being back is going to help Green Bay in terms of their pass rush and quietly um, if you exclude garbage time. So when neither team has a win percentage between five and 95%, the Packers are seventh defensively in EPA per play. They're third in EPA per drop back. So when the game is in doubt, mm. the passing defense has actually been very good. And that's without Kenny Clark and without the pass rush really being good at all. I mean, they're 30th in pass rush win rate. Um, Zadarius Smith is just sort of hitting his stride. Preston Smith hasn't gotten there and Kenny Clark hasn't been on the field. So that's the way you're it's going to be if the if, if the bucks win it's a shootout uh, i yeah. think the packers can win a low scoring game i don't know that the bucks can yeah i agree with that i think that's the exact assessment of this game i just lean that this tends to be a shootout like if it was in green bay i think i would feel okay this is in green bay they're different even without the fans it's just like it's a different atmosphere right they're at lambo the weather's obviously much different than playing in Tampa. Um, and that's where I go, it's okay, they're going to try and – yesterday. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's, that's all I needed to know. That's just a reminder of why I would never live in Green Bay That in, in, a, in an essence right there. But I think that's where I see this game being a shootout. And it could go either way. Both offenses can put up points. Both quarterbacks are phenomenal. Um, we've gotten some great matchups between Brady and Rodgers. Um, they both talked about each other. They all, they have this weird kind of like, they talk nicely about each other, but it almost feels like tongue in cheek sometimes. Like I almost feel like they're, they're, they're just like, I really don't want to say it, but I know I have to say it. Right. It feels very, especially on Rogers side. Like, I feel like Rogers wants to be like, I'm better than Tom Brady. Like, I think he wants to say it so bad. Um, but he obviously knows that he can't, right? Like it would cause major, you know, Tom, you know, Aaron tells all his friends, you know, I'm better yeah. than Tom, right? man like i i envision this dude drinking scotch in his house in california with his pinky up oh by the way because he's very california i think that's why you like him because he's petty he is this is true i love his pettiness level like this is why especially this season like his jokes about danica his jokes <laughs> about like it's talking about love as a double entendre with like jordan love and danica and i'm like Every Tuesday with Pat McAfee, I'm all oh, in. Great. I'm like, it's uh, it's, it's phenomenal, phenomenal content. I'm all in on that. Pete, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you giving us uh, the full lowdown on this Green Bay Packers team. They have played so well this season, uh, and you know them better than anybody. So I appreciate you coming on, letting Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans know what they have to prepare for. How can everybody follow you, find you, um, read slash consume all of the content that you are producing? You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. That's the easiest way to find. I tweet uh, all the stuff that I do. Um, Locked on Packers, uh, as you mentioned, is the number one Packers podcast on the internet page. What? Thank you for bringing that up. Um, and then I also host um, Locked on NFL on Mondays. So um, that's a, the recap of the games. And I, we have the, the local experts from our network come on and, and talk about it. It's the, it's the, the biggest stories with the local experts. So uh, check that out. I write for SB Nation and Packer Report um, and a lot of other places. So um, check me out. I appreciate it. Thanks, Paige. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Pete.